It's been a while, but we are back in the off season. Uh, recording this July second. Happy Blade Canada Day. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Woo! Congratulations to Kitchener's finest, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Uh, how does this show work again? How, how do we do this podcast? It's been like, what, two months? Um, we missed all the playoffs. <laughs> Literally all the playoffs. Yeah, our last one was recorded before the playoffs started. Honestly, fuck the playoffs, though. If the Raptors aren't playing, then like, who cares? Facts. Even though, actually, the playoffs were so good this year. Yeah, they were good. They it were was really the good. best first round I've ever seen, like, just in total. Like, almost every single series was really, really good. Of them, like, a few of them. It is one of the worst finals I've ever seen, though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it had the reverse. Yeah, the finals really fucking sucked. sucked. Compared to most finals, at least. Most finals are really good. And yeah. So this one being mid was, like, pretty bad. Exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, it's finals basketball. It's still, like, yeah. peak basketball, but... Oh, yeah, but it was, like, the third best series that, like, the Heat played in. True. So fun, fun playoffs. Um, the draft was fun. Uh, seeing Wemby get drafted was jokes. Mm-hmm. Portland Fucking... pe- taking their dude Scoot at number three, right, was interesting. Um, and our boy, uh, can we can we say his name on this podcast? Are we allowed to? Are we allowed to say it? <laughs> What's wrong with Grady? Yeah, <laughs> Grady Dick, number <laughs> number, number one. Dick. one Dick. Um, I'm honestly like. I'll take taking a shooter at that spot. I really like that for the Raptors. I uh, I think uh, if we drafted another guy who couldn't shoot, who was like long and athletic and could like play make a bit, was like a good defensive player and was like you know like athletic, like fun in transition, like I'd I'd blow my brains out. <laughs> I would be so angry. Uh, so I think it's good. I think the dick the dick pick was good. Uh, <laughs> also shout out uh, Marquise Noel, our undrafted. Uh, Five seven he picked up. Yeah, he's five seven, bro. Like he was so nice in the tournament. He's such a nice playmaker, and like he can shoot the three a bit. Like he's gonna be so much fun in summer league. And my hot take, not even that hot of a take. Uh, I think he's gonna have like a, a pretty good rookie season. Like I'm not talking about anything crazy, but I'm talking like better than what Coloco was last year, kind of deal, really? or better than Banton two years ago. I really like his game, and I'm really. I, I think like especially. I mean, we'll get into it eventually with the point guard depth, but I think there are minutes there to be grabbed right. if he can. If he can, if you outperform Schroeder, he could start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I guess we could get into that. Uh, the biggest topic. Well, um, I was just gonna say about uh, Grady mm-hmm. is uh, yeah, it's like everyone's talking about like how deep the draft is, and I know. Like, there's some people who are saying there's all these other players that, like, we could have taken at our spot. But, like, it seems... It's just nice to have someone who has, like, just fills a need, like, that we have. We've tried it with, like, these, like, projects. It's like, wow. Like, if this guy could be, like, crazy. Um, and, like, they have pieces. Like, Donald Banton's like that. Uh, Coloco's like that. Like, it, Precious is like that a little bit. Obviously, those guys turned out to be okay. Um, some of them, but it's just nice to have someone who like actually fulfills a, like a need that our team has. Like our, we are, we're a team of everyone who's a bad three point shooter, but like not like terrible where they shouldn't take it. Like to the point where like a lot of people should be taking the three, but not like we just don't make it. So I'm really happy. He's so tall too. Um, and uh, a lot of good upside. I'm kind of probably projecting him and Pascal will go like Kobe type Shaq situation. <laughs> <laughs> um but no i am actually kind of hyped um just uh 
Yeah, it's nice to have like a real threat. Like we, I can't even remember the last like pure like some dude. It's like you need to guard. Like I guess Gary's like that. Yeah, I mean Danny Green was our last pure right. three point Danny shooting Green. player. Uh, I'm, I mean since then ago. like, and the thing is is like we've tried to fill it, but every time that we do, it's just not quite right. Like Gary Trent's a good three point shooter, but he kind of wants to do a little too much with the ball to just be a spot up guy. Right. Like, Sfima Hailuk was a guy who was supposed to be good from three, but, like, uh, never really panned out uh, for well, the Raptors. He was Raptors also just bad at other things. Yeah. <laughs> like, couldn't play any defense. Yuta Wadnabe uh, just wasn't quite good enough to get normal minutes in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, Which sucks, because now he would have. If he was, as, yeah. if he played as good as he plays now when he played for us, uh, it would have been a different story. Yeah, so we've tried to fill that before, and it's nice... Uh, to use our draft pick on, on a need like that. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know shit about the draft at all. I don't give a fuck about college. Um, but it seems like every time someone names this recruit, like, this guy's really, really good. He does need to work on his three-point shot a little bit. It feels like literally everyone's, like, other than, like, Wemby and, like, the really top prospects. But, like, every prospect that I've been hearing about that, like, we should have got, like, doesn't have that. And, like, it, that's just, like, such an essential skill, today's NBA, that... Uh, I'm happy with the pick. Well, I think the biggest one was uh, Cam Whitmore that people thought we should take because he was yes, supposed to be like a right. top like f- seven pick or but whatever. Did he fall like way he, he down. fell to twenty? Like right. Houston took him with their second uh, draft pick that they had in the first round, right? Um, and like he, he's a bit of a yikes because like I heard that his coach didn't have really good things to say yeah, about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what I heard. going into the draft, and that is not good because right. coaches like. Almost never will that. never throw their players under the bus. Uh, and I mean, uh, we'll get to Houston eventually because they are tied to uh, the Raptors uh, pretty tightly <laughs> with, with the way free agency's gone. But uh, like, it's just a weird culture thing. And like, I, that's a team that can pick a player who, like, who knows? I mean, they already have their high pick. Right. Like, we only have one first-round pick and no second-round picks. Like, why would we take, like, a random swing on a player like exactly. that? Exactly. Uh, especially, like, because it seems like the MO of this team is to still be fairly decent this year. Um, Which we'll get into. Yeah, we will get into that. Well, we'll get right into it right now. Free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to put into words... Uh, what it feels like to know that Fred Van Fleet's played his last game as a Raptor. Mm-hmm. It is tough to put into words, but I will try. This, I've written a little ode to Fred. All right, you ready? Tell me this wasn't AI-generated, Anthony. If this no, is AI-generated, I'll be so angry. It actually wasn't. Uh, thank God. <laughs> I don't think AI. It's AIs can do odes. They, need, <laughs> they, they don't have the rhyming schemes. All right, here we go. Thank you for all the deflections. All the made threes from every direction. You dimed up the team with perfect connections and outperformed every projection. You kept the team together and dialed. Kept it together when the fans got hostile. You played the two to make room for Kyle and you and your children always got us to smile. You taught us wisdom we can't find in a parable and you told Ben Taylor he was fucking terrible. You're a champion in our city, now and forever. When people put a limit on you, you only got better. Feel free to visit. We'll welcome you whenever. And we wish you the best on your new endeavor. 
You fought every play and came to compete. I'll always be watching with a front row seat. I can't wait to see your success repeat. We'll miss you dearly, Fred Van Vliet. That was Damn, that. <laughs> I didn't realize I needed a freaking mountain of tissues for this podcast. Uh, he's a undrafted player who became a champion and an all-star and rich as fuck. So, you know what? Congratulations, Fred. I'm happy for you. Also, the first jersey. It'll always be my first jersey will be a Fred Van Vliet jersey. Nice. Fred Van Fleet was a really easy player to cheer for in a Raptors uniform. He was a he was a guy who like wore his heart on his sleeve. He was very emotionally invested in everything this team did. Mm-hmm. He was along for the ride for a long time. Like he's harkens back to the bench mob with the Kyle and Demar mm-hmm. uh, teams. Facts. Uh, like the. The lasting image for me of Fred is him with the band-aid on the face screaming <laughs> yes. after getting an and one. Like he tough, tough player. And he played so hard for the city, helped us win a championship. He was so good. We and wouldn't I, have the championship without him. No, I mean he's like I think he got one vote for finals MVP. Really? And like okay, that's out of pocket, <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I respect that because he was balling out after yeah. after he had that kid in the playoffs. And you know what? Like I do not blame him at all. Because, I mean, I don't know if there's any official reporting on this, but I was hearing the Raptors' best offer was somewhere in the ballpark of uh, f- four years, $120 million, okay. so $30 million a year. And he so, just took three years, $130 million, yeah, which exactly. is just more money, less time. Like, why not? His whole, I would do it, too. I mean, like, his whole thing is bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is a big bet on yourself play. Uh, I think it's an overpay. But, uh... But, I mean, they had, the, they had $60 million that they had to spend or they lost anyways. Um, with the way the new rules work, it's like if you don't meet ninety percent of your cap, you still have to pay up to ninety percent of it. Uh, well, you still have to pay ninety percent of it. Uh, the extra money just goes to the league, so you might as well spend it on a player. And um, he's like what the team needs. He's like what Memphis really needs. Like it's just like such like a like calm, like mature leader um, uh, who. I mean, obviously, like he's had yeah, like here and there like times he's like called people out and stuff but like for the most part just like a true professional and uh and they're uh that's gonna be nice for all the young guys there yeah i think i think it will be good and just like the the less time that your offense is just all jalen green and kevin porter jr and opera and sangoon who individually i like them all but like I wouldn't say any of them are like elite decision makers, and while Fred like isn't really like a top end top end decision maker, he's experienced uh, in a way that those other players just aren't. Yeah, exactly. uh, and he'll find the right guy. Like mm-hmm. he he's not a super selfish player, uh, even though like he's not a great passer for a point guard. Uh, but he better like this last year, he was pretty good. Yeah, he had a bunch of ten assist games. Yeah, yeah, he. he um, what I will say is, I mean, forty three million is the money, like. We got to get out on the Fred Van Fleet business. Uh, we have to re-sign Pascal and re-sign OJ Anobi next yeah. year, along with the Scotty Barnes uh, extension that's coming up. And Gary Trent's going to have to get extended. Right. Um, so it's just it's just a numbers game. we got a lot of uh, decent players on our team. And $43 well, we million probably have to, to make another much. cut. Because also, Pirtle's making $20 million and out yeah. uh, for the next four years. Is it 20? Yeah, it's, it's 80 mil over four 80, years. 80 over four. Um, yeah, so we're even going to probably have to make another cut. Uh, and yeah, it's just like way too much money. Um, we just can't, 
compete with that. So, like, I understand from all parties on why that's happened. I would have done the same if I was Fred. Just go with the people who will pay you the most. And, uh, yeah, I understand why we couldn't match that. What do you think of that 20 mil a year, four years for uh, Pirtle? What, what do you it's think like of that contract? Accurate. Like, I think, like, Vucevic got that right. And I think, honestly, Pirtle's better than Vucevic, which might be, like, a hot take because Vucevic is, like, a... Um, it's like an 18 and then 12 guy. Yeah, I know, but he just doesn't play any defense. Like, I know, Pirtle, they're, they're actually plays different. some defense. Um, it's like, it's a fine contract, I think. It's a weird one. Like, if we were a team that had a direction and we wanted to, it seems like we are trying to compete. I just disagree with the direction. So I guess we do have one, just one I disagree with. Um, but if we are trying to compete, that's accurate money for him. I think he's like decently young. Isn't he still like 27, 28 ish? Yeah. I think he's about 28. So he's like in his prime. It's not like the end of that contract is going to be look bad or anything like. No. And the cap's going to go up as much as it uh, can go up over mm-hmm. the next few years. I think it's, I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the contract, the cap somewhere in like the 150 million, right. 160 million range. And if he's making one eighth of your cap, like that's. Not really that big of a deal, and might right. even look like a decent, like a like a good contract. Right. What I will say though is between Fred uh, going to Houston for nothing and Pirtle getting twenty million, which we kind of had to give him, just given the the way that we acquired him. Right. Like we we really fucked up uh, the trade deadline last, last year. year. Well, like yeah, we could have gotten what was it? Was it was reported four first round picks for OG. I think it was only three. Three. But like okay. even still, like, that's uh, so <laughs> I take lot. that. Yeah, that's DeJounte Murray amount of threes or amount, first amount of first-round pick. picks. So, like, uh, I I can't believe we were buyers at free at the, agency, the free agency. Or, or the deadline and even free agency in general now. Like, I can't believe we weren't sellers at free agency now, and I can't believe we were buyers at the trade deadline last year. It just makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's the wrong, the wrong choice for this team. And I think, like, if we don't move Siakam before we get this new contract for him I, I think we're in we're in real peril of being the Pacers st- yeah stuck just Always being mid. a middling team for the next five six years I mean look at Washington and the way that that turned out with with that team like right. they're finally on the right track now but like it's years of just like oh maybe we'll be the eight seed and then mm-hmm. get swept in the first round and like I don't think this Raptors team ceiling is anything past like losing in the first round mm-hmm. and if if they make the playoffs I would be frankly surprised with the way our roster is right now which is which is bleak like because you just don't want to be there yeah uh and and it's a lot to put on scotty too like i get that scotty like he could be really really good but i just don't like putting those kinds of expectations i would have liked it to be more of an organic thing for him right um than to have to for him to have to step into a role right now especially because like at the end of the day, Dennis Schroeder, who was our big like big name free agent signing, other than <laughs> I, I, I suppose Jakob Pertl is, um, yeah, is just not he's not really a starting point guard. No, but for ten mil, that's a good contract. Yeah, for right. a backup point guard. It's yeah, like yeah. for for the first guard off your bench, he's right. he's really good. So as you're a first saying guard what you're thinking are that the front office is thinking Scotty will be our one, like. That's the only way I can really make sense of this roster. Right. Scotty, um, uh, Grady, maybe. then Or no, Scotty, Gary, OG, Pascal, Pirtle. Yeah. Yeah, Gary uh, and 
Dennis can be running uh, that bench unit. But even that's kind of weird because those are two pretty heavy ball handlers. Like you, I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't. Th- this roster construction is a little bit out of whack. Mm-hmm. I think there's still more moves to be made down the road. Um, especially because we also picked up uh, Jalen McDaniels. Right, uh, but not the good one. Yeah, who I like. Uh, I mean, he shot the ball really well once he got to Philly last year, mm-hmm. and he was taking like pretty pretty heady defensive assignments in the playoffs. He was on Tatum a decent amount, and like he was like probably the best wing defender on that team. Just I don't know how much we need that, and it makes me feel like uh, it, it makes me feel like we're gonna have to move some some forward for either guard play or a center. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's just a weird, weird roster. It is. Um, yeah, uh, I really, like, I do get that um, it could just be a coaching thing. It could uh, be that, like, the Nick Nurse thing ran its course and uh, he kind of was losing, um, like, he wasn't in t- as in touch with what our team needed by the end of it. Um, so I do like the idea of giving a new coach a chance. And, um, I mean, there's a chance that uh, we end up actually being pretty good uh, from him. But it also is, like, the goal's always, like, win a championship, kind of. Like, obviously, the goal is really to not, like, be shit all the time. Like, not be Charlotte, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. And, like, really the only path to a championship is a reset right now. And, I don't know, it's tough. I really don't like having that mindset because I fucking hate when teams are just, like, constantly ass year after year, like how the Kings have been, like, other than last year. And it's like, like, I just can't imagine being a fan for a team like that that's every year is bad. Like, it's nice to win a regular season game. Like, that just makes you feel good when your team wins. So it's like... But if we, but what feels the best is the championship, and if our goal is to win the championship, which it should be, um, we do need to at some point reset. Well, I don't think it's as much as winning a championship. The goal is to compete for a championship. It's to have seasons True. where you're like, we have a real chance at this. Like you take something like the Utah Jazz mm-hmm. with like Mitchell and Gobert, right. or the Sixers team with Joel Embiid, like. I mean, like, both those eras have have been fairly disappointing, and obviously that Sixers one, it's yet to be uh, closed, that chapter in that franchise's history. But, like, are they really failures? Like, was that Jazz team, like, really a failure? Like, that... Right. Because, like, that was awesome for their fans for those, like, four years. They won playoff rounds. Like, they they sold out that arena in, like, (laughs) multiple playoff rounds, year after year. They sent players to the All-Star game. They were relevant. They had people talking about them in April, and, like... The only way that somebody's going to talk about this Raptors team in March or April is, oh, you know, like, uh, let's see what their playing matchup is. Mm. And then it'll just be kind of a, like, a dismissed kind of deal. Like, take a team like Minnesota, for example. Like, it's cool that they're, like, making the playoffs over the past couple Mm. years. But, like, that team hasn't really competed for a championship. since Cat. No. And and it's disappointing as a Raptors fan, because, like... Basically, from like 2014 
to about 2020, we were competing for championships. Right. Most of the Colin DeMar era, say what you want about losing to LeBron, like, we mm-hmm. put the best teams that we could on the floor, right. like, given those players. Mm-hmm. And when we got a chance to put our roster over the edge, we did. We, we took that chance. And even the year after we won a championship, we got help, dealt a shit hand by having two of our starters leave and Danny Green right. and Kawhi. Our finals MVP also. But, like, with that team in 2020, like, competed for a championship. Yep. They yeah, were, we're the number one seed. Yeah. Like, we were within a game of beating Boston. And making who, the conference finals. Yeah, yeah. And, and we could have been that Miami team. Yes. And, like, you just got to be there, like, in the playoffs. You really just got to be there. Like, you take a mm-hmm. team like Miami, like, they weren't better than Milwaukee on paper. They weren't better than Boston on paper. But you right. just got to be there. You got to give yourself a chance. Really well said. Uh, yeah. That excellent distinction, actually, between... Uh, you don't need to win a championship, but you do... You should want to compete for one. Um, do you think it's impossible to get to a path where we're competing for a championship without training Siakam? To like, because we just won't be bad enough with him. Like, where we can. Do you need to be bad before you can be good, or can you go from mid to good? No, you can go from mid to good for sure. And uh, would, but you but you need to take risks. Okay. You need to take big risks, and that means like signing like an. A injury guy betting on that he doesn't have an injury type of thing or like not even that kind of deal like it means well like I, honestly i'm kind of avoiding your question because i do think that you need to trade pascal but i right. don't think trading pascal means we're bad right away okay because you take like a team like 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 utah i was just talking mm, about like right. they look really good right now mm-hmm. like they've got a bunch of really fun young players they've right. got tons of picks they've got mm-hmm. cap room to do what they want to do mm-hmm. and utah was never bad like last year they were fun they were mm-hmm. mid the like last year's utah jazz i don't think well, were they're that, below average but you're right they weren't that much worse than we were they, i would right. imagine what four a four game difference in the final wins mm-hmm. loss yeah uh or even Indiana. Like, Indiana has a really bright future right now. Uh, and and they I don't never even know really they, bond out. Actually, we could get into the Indiana thing. I think Indiana is, like, such a weird move. They gave out so many contracts. They're, like, basically, like, locked in to, like, this, like, Tyrese Halliburton thing right now. And, like, I don't, they, it feels like the Pacers just like always being good, but they're never, like... They're not making room to like be great, you know. I would agree with you. I just think the X factor is. I think Benedict Mathurin could be really, really good in this oh, okay, league, right. and he's only like twenty years old. They didn't really have that before. They had those mid teams where like it was just kind of they're all like either twenty five to thirty years old. Right. None of them were that old, but it's not like they had any like young like like real prospect. Right. And the thing with like like a Benedict Mathurin is like. They could trade him if he doesn't fit with Halliburton. Mm-hmm. And, like, who knows? Like, we'll see what kind of jump right. he takes he this value. year. You could get a pretty decent value from it. The Bruce Brown contract, while it is an overpay, it's a two-year contract with a team option in the second year. So, yeah, the they team, team be option the, makes it... They could be off the money after this. Who cares? Like, you got to right. spend the money on something. Bruce Brown is maybe the best role player who was on the market. Guy who, like, right. doesn't need the ball more than right. 20% of the time on the floor, let's mm. say. Like, obviously, you have the Kyries of the world and the and, and the Chris Middletons and the Fred Van Fleets, but, like, right. like you're not getting those guys in Indiana <laughs> yeah, 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 at yeah. the end of the day. And, like, I thought... I, I like that Bruce Bound contract. When I first read the two years, 22 million, I was like, ugh. But, like... The team I, option is huge. Is huge. And I like Obi Toppin as a forward to, to pair with... Uh, 
Um, with Tyrese? With Tyrese. Although, like, honestly, like, who really knows with that move? Uh, I, but That's I do think a, it's a good yeah. team fit. Um, I mean, it's better. I, and yeah. they need a power forward. Because they were running, like, I don't even know, a power forward. Like, oh, Shaper set, maybe, last <laughs> right. year. So, uh, but yeah, like, I think... Where where did we start on this whole tangent? We were talking the Raptors, about yeah whether whether we have to trade Siakam or not. Yeah, I think I think we do. I think we do because I don't think the like the OG trade to get picks if we mm-hmm. keep Siakam just doesn't make sense on right. like a timeline kind of thing. Like I just don't know what those picks really do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to trading Siakam, where like realistically like. With the thirty-seven million, you're probably gonna get a good young piece back, right? Um, a good young guard, ideally. Like, I, I just like, I don't know. Like, Siakam has the potential of like being the greatest Raptor ever. Like, I don't. I really don't want to uh, to get rid of him if we don't have to. Like, we've never. Obviously, like it's just a rare thing in general. Like, almost very few teams have had like players who it's like they've drafted. And they've been all NBA, and then they've been good, and they retire with the team without, like, ever breaking in between. And, like, th- that's usually reserved for, like, you have to be, like, an MVP candidate-type player. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it would just be nice to have at least one guy like that that w- we could say, like, we've he's always been a Toronto Raptor. And, uh, I don't know, he, he could do that. I just think we're barreling towards, like... If we run this roster the way it is right now, I think Pascal Siakam has a damn good chance of being All-NBA this year. Right. A really good chance. I right. would honestly say it's more likely than not. Just given what kind of load that he's going to have to shoulder with Fred gone. Right. He's going to take more shots. He's going to be more involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... And, like, he was pretty close last year to being an All-NBA player. Like, yeah. you got to think about the forwards. So he had a better league. record. He must have been, like, within four forwards of making right. All-NBA. And, like... We could be staring down the barrel of like, like four years, like two hundred and thirty million. Right. Which I don't know if I have the stomach for. I love Siakam. I really, I really do. It's just I would like it more if we had a second dude mm. who I knew we could play next to him. Right. Maybe the maybe the play is to wait it out this year. It's just that that was our play last year. Right. At some point, you got to see do something, and you got to throw the chips in. And like like you talk about Raptors, who like he could be the greatest Raptor, but like like Vince Carter, like we got almost nothing for when we traded him, and like Chris Bosh just left for nothing. DeRozan, we got a lot for. Can't complain about the return on that. Kyle Lowry, in retrospect, we got pretty much nothing for. Like Precious Achua could be okay, but like. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the grand scheme, if we get Precious Achua for Pascal Siakam, I will be pissed. Right. Um, but we wouldn't. No, obviously not. Um, but we could if we held on to him for five more years and we're just mid and then like have to just dump him at the end of whatever his next contract is. Yeah, but then we'd have five years. It's, so it's like we would have him because it's very easy for us to get a player and have them walk. And like... Like, if we trade Pascal now, yeah, we could have whatever piece for him. But then five years later, they could just walk. So it's like, I'd rather just have Pascal. Because he's, like, got so many ties to the city and everything. Um, Like, you see, like, his jerseys everywhere. And, like, I don't know. Like, that just... That means a little bit. But it means less and less every year. Like, that's a little bit why I was understanding Washington. And I'm like, like, Beal's their guy. Like, 
Beal's like uh, one of the greatest wizards of all time. But, um, I mean, I guess there is just like, on an outside perspective, it makes it easier. Like, I'm like, yeah, they should have traded him time ago. They should have traded Dame. Portland should have traded Dame a long time ago. Um, but when you're, it's your guy, uh, at least for me, it's, uh, it's harder to say. But you are probably right. Because when if I look at these other teams, I'm like, well, they should have done that earlier. So we should probably just do it earlier. Yeah, and like, later. like, I think any team would be really happy to have Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. And I think Pascal Siakam is an amazing number two on a team. Right. Um, and if we could get uh, figure out a way to get a number one to play with him, then sure. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's really tough. Like, like Scotty Barnes at his absolute best, I would say more often than not, is probably a worse player than Pascal Siakam. Oh, yeah. It's really tough to get as good as Pascal Siakam is. True. And to be, to be better than Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a dude who, is, realistically, like, talent-wise, is, like, a top 25, let's say, player in the NBA. Sure. And, like, you think about that, and there's... If the league was completely even, there'd be one of those dudes on every team. On every team. Um, and it's not. Like, some teams have multiple of those guys. Yeah. There's lots of teams who have two players both better than Pascal Siakam. Right, exactly. I mean, Which like, means there's a lot of teams that have no players. Yeah. I mean, you look at the conference finalists, Los Angeles Lakers last yeah, year, exactly. for example. Or, like, a Phoenix Suns, who just bolstered their team even more. Uh, Clippers, arguably. But... I, You'd probably say Pascal is better than Paul George if you count availability. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that good point. But yeah, I, I I'm obviously gonna watch every Raptors game this year, mm-hmm. and I think there's probably still is some more moves, some more stuff. Will you still watch every Raptors game if we were in fall and tank mode? Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Um, actually, because hmm, I kind of didn't when we were in. Uh, when we were in Tampa. in Tampa, I didn't watch a lot of those those end of the season games. Yeah, but when like we were fully tanking. But it was also so wild. Like we were starting lineups that were like had like Freddie Gillespie and <laughs> yeah. like like I can't even think of the other bums we would be playing <laughs> on that team. Like I remember because there's always those Ish posts Wainwright. where uh, they're like, oh. Like, I had to live through this, watching this squad play. Right, right, right. And I'm always, like, what's the worst squad that you watch play for your team? And I'll always, like, search up, like, that uh, 2020, 2021 Raptors. And, like, there are, so, if you go through their game log, there's some starting lineups in there that are, like, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> let's go game log, end of the season. Uh, what, what are you thinking? Game number 69? Love it. Of the season? What's our starting lineup? Game number 69 when we're in full-on tank mode. We're starting Chris Boucher, Gary Trent Jr., Ken Birch, Malachi Flynn, and Stanley Johnson. Do you think that was a fun game to watch? Right. Do you think it was fun to watch? Uh, I mean, we had six different players uh, in double-digit points, but one of those guys was Jalen Harris. <laughs> who? Like, the 57th <laughs> pick, who got suspended for two years, and then we did not re-sign him. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> um, 57th pick? Something like that. He was a late, late pick. Uh... Yeah, 59th overall pick. Oh my god, literally... Second like, last in yeah. the draft. Well, he was our second round pick. away from being undrafted. He was the second round pick when we were the first seed in the East. I that see. Draft, this so. is 2021 draft? Uh, Yeah, the 2020 draft. 2020. Yeah, we won in 19. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, he played 13 games. And like... Uh, like that that was a tough team to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that much. That was a freaking tough team to watch. I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there if we're going to still care about the Raptors when we're ass. 
Yeah. Uh, hopefully, at least, at least, hopefully, we have some fun pieces. Like if Scotty's still there and stuff, then at least we'll be fun. Yeah, Scotty's always gonna be a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, yeah, honestly though, like, like Pascal's fun. Hmm. Uh, and that. I think Gary's fun. Yeah, Gary, Gary's relatively fun. So is Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher has his moments. Yeah. You gotta catch him on the right on the right game. Chris Boucher is like the most fun player on our team. True. But on the wrong game, you don't even notice he's out there. <laughs> uh, I think he's a really good candidate. Uh, if we were to go for extra guard depth, if we needed that to to get traded, because there's like a decent amount of value there, we'd, right. have, we'd have a lot of forwards. Because uh, is uh, he the longest tenured Raptor currently on the roster? No, I think Pascal's been on the team longer. Oh, yeah, it's okay. And, and OG. Well, probably not. Actually, Pascal's one year longer than OG. Okay. So, the yeah, other probably both. Getting a freaking phone call. I cannot be picking that up right now. You can pick it up if you want. No shot. <laughs> no shot. I got to talk about our garbage, our middling Raptors for this year uh, with our new coach. Um... That's, I'm, I'm sad now. You want to move on to some uh, other teams? and Do you know anything about our coach? I, I don't even know his last name. Darko... R- Rajakovic? I'm getting a phone call. The same person who tried to call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to take a quick two-second break while you send out whatever text you're sending out right now. Yeah, you can... I can riff? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Darko Rajakovic. Uh, I think he was an assistant in... On some team, I know he was a Serbian national team coach was for a bit because like he has because he has yeah he was most recently with the Grizzlies uh, and I think he was on like the Westbrook Durant Thunder teams oh, as well. Okay. Uh, oh, so he's been around. Yeah, he's been around the NBA for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, Jokic had really good things to say about him. Obviously, it's his Serbian buddy. Uh, everyone in Memphis has good things to say about him. Yeah, he was in Memphis. He was in Phoenix during their bubble year. Uh, he was in OKC for a while uh, when he first got into the league. He's pretty young. He's forty three. I just like the idea of a new voice in the mm-hmm. locker room. I think Nick Nurse. I think like the thing with coaches, you can only have them for so long before they, right. they start to kind of lose the room unless you're consistently. Well, winning. even like uh, even Steve Kerr, a lot of he hasn't gotten like an extension. Like there's a chance he even he might leave. I really hope he goes back to doing TV. Is my hope for him. Well, he was on the uh, the Dream On podcast, which I thought was funny. That was like very indicative of like uh, that he, they're siding with Dream On and not Pool, which is also like that's kind of a fucked up situation that the Warriors were even like that in general. Because apparently, like uh, like it was basically like Wiggins and Looney were like the only two that were like really like uh, like supporting Pool in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steph is such a likable guy, and so is Clay, but like. I don't, it's they're they're starting to become they're starting to go back into like their villain shit. I'm I'm feeling that a little bit at least. The villain shit was always there. It was True. always it was, there, uh, but not before Durant. Yeah, right? that's fair. That is fair. except when they won seventy three games, it was like it, like they were the bad guys in that finals versus the Cavs, right? Because they were the seventy three win team. True. You know, they were the most wins of all time. Like. Um, but yeah, now you have like Clay like chirping at like uh, Grizzlies holding up four rings. And, like... I know. I I do not like Clay. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not a huge Clay guy. If I'm gonna be honest, probably that's because I'm a big Draymond guy. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, but like of like the four like core warrior dudes, he's definitely I find the least likable. Even though like he should, you'd imagine he's like very likable because he's so chill and stuff. Like I love his off court. Off court plays actually sick. Like he's just chilling with his dog on his boat all the time. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like that confidence is like crazy. Um, but like, I mean, I would probably be fucking talking a lot of shit too if I had four rings, but it's just so weird. Like, it's such a like ugly dynamic when like your best player is like quiet and then like you two who are just like, like you were like you guys would be bums, not bums, but like you guys would have zero rings if it wasn't for Steph Curry and yeah. like that they do all the chatter. Yeah, and the point goes both Bull, ways. Like, I think I think Steph Curry has zero rings if it's not for those guys. To be completely fair, as well. Mm, okay. Um, I think I mean, he I think he a, needs them as much as they as they need him uh, in a certain way. It's gonna be a sick it, documentary. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> it will. Uh, yeah, because like obviously Steph's an all timer, but like you need a, you need good players around you to yeah. win. But I'm just like that locker room just seems like a little toxic because like the the Jordan Poole seems so in his head and like. Um, there was, uh, and, um, like, Wiseman, like, instantly got better, like, right when he left the team. And, like, maybe that's, like, more of their scheme thing. But, like, I don't know. I feel like there's just, like, a lot of, they just put a lot of, it seems to, from an outsider's perspective, that they just put a lot of pressure on their players. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like they have a little click going on with exactly. their main players. Because, like, Durant, like, like, never seemed to really enjoy being there or right. fit in. Like, obviously, enjoyed the winning and all that. But, like, I don't know. Like, that relationship was never that good. Harrison Barnes's relationship kind of fell apart with them right. as well. Uh, like, just, like, a lot of, Boogie. Sh- of stuff around... Yeah, just a lot of stuff around the periphery that's, like, uh, I don't, I, That's a sure. really good way of putting it. It is, like, a click. Yeah, it's just that these are our friends, and you'll never be in like, the, like they are. You can, like, hang out with us, but you're not going to be, like, in it. Yeah, and, like, all of them have done pretty unlikable stuff as well. Like, as you talked right. about with Clay, and, like, obviously Draymond, like, one of, the, one of the dirtier players we've had in the league over the past few years, if yes. not the dirtiest. Um, Low-key might be Chris Paul. Yeah, or LeBron, realistically. Um, you think LeBron's as dirty as those two guys? I think LeBron's really dirty. <laughs> I think LeBron's <laughs> actually really, really dirty. But I'm getting sidetracked. And Igudala, like, I have not really liked Igudala since he refused to play for Memphis when oh, he got traded right. there. True. That whole I thing left a bad that. taste in my mouth, so I don't really like him that much either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that actually, that made no sense. I, yeah, I forgot about that. Because I, I was wondering where you were going to go with the Igudala thing, but yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's, like, honestly one of the worst of the of the things that, like, those guys have done. Because, mm-hmm. like... That team was young and, like, fun. And, like, he, like, was, like, beefing, like, with the players and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they were all, like, I don't know why he's not playing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't seem like it was, like, an understanding between the two. It was right. more just him, like, holding out. Yeah. Which, I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you want to get into some off-season moves? Yeah. I guess we'll start um, at the beginning with Bradley Beal, I think, was the first one that got announced of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Phoenix Sun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a pushing your chips into the middle of the table move. I think in in light of the other free agent signings they've yeah. done since, it's a little bit better. But like their like their financial situation is fucked. It is so bad. I mean, the financial situation is fucked, but somehow that shit always seems to just resolve itself. Um, but in a vacuum, this has one of the best trades, most one sided trades ever. Like. Chris Paul and Shamit for Brad, like current year Chris Paul and Landry Shamit for Bradley Beal is yeah, like, like some pick swaps or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like two swaps or something. Like, yeah, yeah, not even like any like full on picks. It's like such an insane upgrade that like 
I don't know. It's also like a little bit of the like, oh, like a little bit of like almost boy who cried wolf scenario. Like, oh man, look at Phoenix. Like they could contend and then they disappoint. And then it's like, oh, well, okay, look now Phoenix, um, like, uh, now it's the next year. Like they, uh, they just went to the finals. Uh, they could definitely contend again. And then they disappoint and they get embarrassed. And then it's like, well, now they have Kevin Durant. Now they gotta be contenders, right? Probably the favorites. And then they disappoint again. And now it's like, well, now they have Bradley Beal, which obviously like which should make them better. But like, it it just it's such a weird thing. Like, it, is this the one where you ha- like? It's just so tough to call. Like, I have no idea how good they'll be. Like, I know they're gonna be good in the regular season, and it literally won't matter, and nobody's gonna care. And uh, but then they could easily just win a chip. Yeah, but they could also, like, pretty easily not be good in you the regular think? season. Like, Bradley Beal does not have a good injury track record over the past couple of years. And Kevin Durant has one of the worst injury track records over the past recent. couple of years. And, like, if Durant doesn't get to 40 games and Beal doesn't get to 50 games, I think things can start getting dicey, like, pretty quick for them. I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. Right. I don't even know if they'll be in the plan. Actually, like, I think they could end up being like a five six seed if things right. go really. Po- like, I mean, look at last year. Like when even Booker at the was out, the year, they were supposed to be really good, and then Booker was out, and they weren't even a playing team. Right, like, they, they dropped out. so low. That's a good point. Um, and I just think like like Aiden kind of gives me those John Collins vibes. Oh, it's like he's just he's, like he, he can only shop a dude around so many times. Right, right. right. <laughs> That's a great point. Even when he like got his extension, he was like had the like one of the most awkward interviews ever. Like when the guy asked him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm happy, got the money," and like very like stone faced. Um, you're right, and um, they do have a depth problem, and they didn't, and then they got even um, shallower, but to make their top end even better. Obviously, it's a good trade off in my opinion, but um, like the health is a great thing to great point. Um, and that's going to be a concern because they, when you have a shallow team, you put more load on your good players. And if the good players need the rest in the regular season, they won't be able to, they won't be able to get the rest that they need. Like, like Durant specifically. Um, so that's a good point. I will say though, when they're all healthy, like my God, that's so scary. Like they're, that's like the best starting five in the league. And like a lot of people are saying like, who's going to defend it? Like who is their, like, um, who are they put on X guy? Who are they put on Joker? Who are they put on whoever? Like, they have really good defenders. Booker is a legit two-way player. Durant is one of the most underrated defenders ever. He's, like, an all-time defender type of guy. Like, that, but, like, doesn't make all defense teams. I think he's fallen off a bit from that over the past couple of years. I don't think he was the defender that he was in, like, 2021 or mm-hmm. 2020 uh but i think he still is a really good defender um beal gets a bad rap he's a solid defender who had the like one of the biggest offensive loads and he's gonna have such a reduction in touches that like i'm i'm thinking he's gonna be a really good defender too and uh and ayton's a solid solid like they have good defenders like all around um they don't have like <laughs> you any could like, even get through your whole point on aid he's a solid <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he's a weird player. He's, like, he's one of the most unique players in the league is Aiton. Because it's, like, he should be, like, so, so good. And sometimes he is. But then, like, most of the time he is. Like, he'll be, like, he he's, seems like he's always efficient. But he doesn't go to the free throw line. And he's, like, a solid defender. But he's not, like, an all-elite one. 
Um, and but he's just unhappy. I don't know. It's such a weird team, but like, if you like, if I put was very could pick any team in 2K, like, that's the team I'd probably do the best with, you know? Like, on paper, they're, like, insane. Yeah, and I think their defense will be helped out a lot by the fact that they switched out Monty Williams for Frank Vogel. True. They basically subbed out, like, a vibes coach for, like, a pretty defensive-oriented coach. Like, he had a Lakers team a few years ago running, like, a really tight ship on defense. Yep. Like, he changed Kuzma completely as a defensive player. Mm. Like, from a guy who early in his career looked like, uh, he's, like, not that good of a defender, but he has all the tools to, like, somebody who, like, was a legit important defender in Mm -hmm. that championship run. Um... And I think that'll be good for them. I, I I like I like the coaching change. Uh, I I like a few of their pickups. Uh, a bit of it's redundant. Like Eric Gordon is cool, and I think he's good with the spacing with them. But like right and huge free agent Damian Lee. Yeah, like Utah Wadnabe, who's like <laughs> fine, but like uh, he shouldn't be playing for you in the playoffs, mm-hmm. ideally. Um, yeah, I think there's just such a big range of uh, expectations with this team. I think I'm a little jaded from Brooklyn too. I know because you hear the whole thing like when this lineup all plays together, like they'll be great. But and like, they we were. saw that for years with Brooklyn, and when <laughs> they played together, they were amazing. But they never, never played together. ever played together. Yeah, I, I agree. And I was also so locked in to the Brooklyn stuff, so that's why I'm so off the Suns. Like even when like they made the Durant trade, I said that it wasn't going to be successful. Um, and yeah, like I think this is like a real turning point. Like if. If Paul George and Kawhi don't win a ring and Booker and Aiton Durant like don't win a ring, like I think teams are really gonna change their outlook on like just like grabbing the star, like just like just putting just t- names together and not like and I think teams are gonna care a lot more about fit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we'll see. It's like it's just the way the league goes. Like we've had three champions in a row. In uh, 21, 22, and 23 with the Warriors, Bucks, and Nuggets over the past three years that all kind of, like, were more fit teams. Mm -hmm. That's coming off the heels of a Lakers team that just got AD and a Raptors team that just got Kawhi Mm. and a Warriors team that just added Durant to that mix. Mm. And then, like, a Cleveland team that just threw together LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie. And then back to 2015 where you get back to a Warriors team that was together for a while. I think the league kind of ebbs and flows with that. And, like, it's just, you know, like... Sometimes it's enough, and sometimes it isn't. Uh, you just, point. You gotta get really lucky to win a championship, yeah. no matter what. Uh, I mean, you look at a team like Denver, and it's like, if you told me that Jamal Murray was healthy for their two playoff runs the two years before this, and then you're like, do you think they they would have won a ring in one of those two years? It's like maybe, like they right. they could have been that Bucks team. They could mm-hmm. they could have been that Warriors team. Like, Good point. Uh, you gotta get really lucky to win a championship, and I think uh, Phoenix will have to get luckier than most because i think that they have more moving parts especially when you have a star driven team but mm-hmm. sometimes you just get lucky true actually yeah good point and you also do need a star like every single you don't win a championship without a star no no without like a super duper star yeah i'm excited i'm excited to watch this phoenix team play yeah they're gonna be fun on to the next move mm-hmm. uh porzingis to the to the celtics to the celts marcus smart to the grizzlies yeah, Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies is cool. Uh, I, I like it. I, I think it's a good culture fit. He's a good defender sure. to replace Dylan Brooks. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk about it too much. I, I, I don't think it's a big league-wide... Little fake weird drama with the ESPN graphic. With the hair? Yeah. yeah, yeah I did see that. I did see that. He got colored for his mom. Like, uh, okay. Like, uh, I, I, I get the ESPN guy changing yeah. his hair to blue. Like, nothing really wrong with that. But... Um, 
But Kristaps to Boston, I freaking love this move. Uh, I, I think, I think more than anything. Do you think anything, what happened last year is replicable, or do you think that that was more of an anomaly? Because I feel like, like going the to the di- finals. No, 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 no. Sorry, specifically with how Przingis played. Do you think Przingis? You think they're getting the Przingis of last year, or I think they're are they getting the Dallas Przingis? Because I think they're just getting Dallas Przingis. But I think if they get Dallas Przingis, that's perfect. Because really? I always felt in in Dallas like Przingis was a number three that they were trying to put into a number two, and with like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like I, I think it's gonna. I like it. I think they really need to switch things up. I mean, the scary thing once again is like their bigs are injury prone to say the least between yes. Brzingis and Rob Williams and like a lot can go and Horford. I mean Horford's not super injury prone but he's just old. Like, he's how old. many games yeah, can you yeah, uh, exactly. how many minutes can you play him like mm-hmm. in a season? He does that he can't get that many miles off him. Um but I, I like it. I, I just like switching up that team. Like like they've been to the conference finals so many times that like why not just go for a fuck it move. Yeah. And I like it. I think it's a good pet I, I think it's a good fit too. Yeah uh, he stretches the floor decently. He's a Really smart uh, pick and roll defender uh, who's like pretty long can defend at the rim. I don't think he's like prime, like what we like thought he would be on defense, but I think he's a really good defensive big. Uh, uh, no shot of being a liability, which is nice uh, for for one of the best players on a playoff team. Mm. And continues their thing of like they don't really have a whole lot of defensive liabilities that they play in no. the lineup. Um. Yeah, and I'm excited for this bot. It's another team. I'm very excited to see the fit and how it works together. Yeah, and I think it's a little more seamless than than Phoenix. You're right about the main shake. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, oh my god, Boston. It actually like they're such a weird team. Like they should be the best team in the league, in my opinion. Like they have literally like everything you could ask for is what they have, and like somehow they fall short. But it's not even like they like fall that short you know like they make finals is they make conference finals all the time they live in the conference finals like it's but you're right they didn't need to shake something up and yeah it's a good move and i think it's a blessing and a curse that they've been so like successful every year with this roster because i think that's the reason it took them so long to shake it up because like you make it to the conference finals you're making it to like game sevens like conference finals and stuff let's just run it back like see see how it goes next year um and I just think it's it's good. I I don't love Joe Mazzulla uh, as their coach, but they brought in a, a couple assistants. Like, fans they brought in Sam him. Cassell. They brought in uh, another. I for, they brought in another big name assistant. Isn't it like D'Antoni or something? Some big name. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I remember know. there was. I remember hearing there was yeah. a good coach. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't love Joe Mazzulla though. <laughs> Every single like podcast listen to or video about Boston fans, they all hate Joe Mazzulla. Joe Maz, I think they call him. Yeah. Which is tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Who, what's next? What what other big moves have happened? Kyrie got the max in uh, in in Dallas. That's, there was that's so cool. much weird fake shit going on there. Like, oh, Kyrie might go to the Lakers. Like, like what? He, Kyrie's he, taking a mid level. Like, yeah, he took a meeting with the Sun. Exactly. Like, honestly, like I feel like Kyrie, like. Straight up makes that Suns team worse just from making yes. it more of a circus. And like, you already are gonna have to integrate Beal this year. Let's keep it like, let's just try and keep <laughs> it on the tracks for long a little enough bit. to do something, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, great for Dallas, thank God. That trade looks really good in retrospect because even if you want to flip Kyrie, like, even if it goes disaster wise, like, other teams are gonna want to trade for him. You saw, like, in the like, you see, like, all this attention Kyrie gets whenever it's like, 
people cuts the trade or in the free agency just happened. Like teams want him, and now that they own his contract, like that's a, a great asset to have. And so even if the Kyrie piece, like the Kyrie player, doesn't uh, bring them success, I believe his contract will. So good move. Yeah, I mean, thank like, God for them. You look at the trade that he just was a part of. Like you think Dallas wouldn't kill for Dorian Finney-Smith right now? Like right. that's a legit piece that they gave up. On top of draft picks, yeah. On top of a Spencer Dinwiddie who is playing, like, has value Not on, many draft onto picks. himself. I mean, it was only like two, right? But yeah, so. yeah, maybe even one. That's pretty good. One like, or two. But, yeah, it's, it's still draft picks. Like, yep. Like it's not like it's not like Bradley Beal. They would be being given up for nothing, right? But he's such a weird case because they're a trade clause. Yeah. Um. But uh, fucking. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Whatever. It's gone. It's gone forever. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah what, what other what other cool free agents? Oh, I'm just saying on? they would have been so fucked if Kyrie didn't resign. Like straight <laughs> up, they're not making like the playoffs. <laughs> Is Christian Wood under contract? Uh, I think for this year, but I don't think much longer. Yeah, yeah, we'll see with that. They brought in Rashawn Holmes ever rookie at center. I, I I don't know. I feel like that Dallas team like. Is in, is still in a bit of a pickle, uh, but it, they they're off to a good start with resigning yep. Kyrie. And yes, we'll see, we'll see how they move from there. Um, yeah. What other Middleton resign? Great yeah, contract. Middleton contract. Bringing back Middleton and Brooke Lopez on the deals that they brought yes. them to back on is huge. Uh, yeah. I think it's really good. Like it sucks to lose Javon Carter and like Joe Ingles, and they're gonna have to figure out a bench. But like a bench is gonna be jo- figured. Joe Ingles out. is going to the Pacers. He's right? going to Orlando. Orlando, I, which I think is jokes. Yeah, uh, I really that. like that as like a vet to play to help out their young dudes. But as far as Milwaukee goes, like you can figure out the bench. But like, what are you gonna pick up that's better than Milton? And like, uh, like Brooke Lopez is straight up a more important re-signing than even Milton was. Like, like probably just because of how great he is with Giannis. Like, like you, what other center pairs with Giannis like that? And like exactly. to really unlock Giannis, I think you do need that. But I think yeah, both. Well, of them are- or you make Giannis your center. That, that like yeah. If which, you if they couldn't resign Brook Lopez, I'm saying get a power forward that can shoot. And then yeah. Yeah. Slide Giannis down. But yeah, you're right. That is phenomenal for them. Yeah, I think it's really good. I, I, Obviously, I'm not as excited to watch these guys as some of the other teams next year because they're going to be the same. largely the same. Uh, but I also think, like, I like those pickups. They're like a couple years from being fucked, just with the age of their roster <laughs> right. and all that, and they have no young, no good young pieces. No young pieces. They are, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, like Drew, Drew Holiday's in his 30s, Chris Milton's in his 30s, uh, Brooke Lopez is in his mid 30s, Giannis is like approaching 29. 30. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I think they could be in a scary situation in a couple of years, but you can't think about that now because right now they have a legit chance to win a championship yep. this year, uh, and you have to you have to try and take that chance. Any championships are to come by in the NBA, and if you can win two when you get a player like Giannis, that's a good job because most teams don't. <laughs> yep, a lot of teams win zero. Yeah, player like Giannis, even. Yeah, I mean, just look at Philly. Yep. Uh, speaking of Philly. Uh, they're the first of two major trade requests that we can talk about. Yeah, uh, James Harden uh, wants out of Philly. Uh, Freaking small game James decides <laughs> that he wants to jump ship as soon as uh, shit gets tough again. How do you feel? As a, I, want, I, want to hear, I want you to give me a little monologue on this as a James Harden defender. <laughs> um, if, I'm, if you want me to defend them, then it would be... Well, at least he just opted into a contract, so now Philly can trade him for assets. They also don't even have to trade him. Like, Harden, like, l- contracted to play for them next year. Um, yeah, I really don't get it. I 
I understood why he left Houston. Like the second he left, they were complete ass, which is like, obviously then they don't have a good enough talent around them. And like, yeah, I know he wanted Westbrook, but like, um, that the ship had sailed on that. I understood it. And then Brooklyn and fucking what's supposed to be your, uh, one of your best players, uh, doesn't want to play any home games, um, because he refuses to get whatever. He can make his own decisions. He's an adult, but like, like literally you're trying to win a championship and like the people around you feel like they're not taking it seriously, especially Kyrie specifically. Um, obviously Harden was so pissed about that. And so I understood that. But this is, there's no reason to do this. Like, I don't get it. I'm hoping that there's something more that comes from this, that it's like, oh, he took the pay cut last year, and then, um, but then Philly didn't want to actually pay him, like, to make up for it or something. But, like, I don't know. It, it makes those, you said it earlier, you're like, it makes the other trade requests seem so much worse in retrospect, and that's very true. And yeah, he's just, he's like, uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's like fucking, uh, end of career Shaq. It seems like what he's doing. Just like jumping new team, like fucking all the time. And, uh, I I don't know what he wants. Like what more could you want than to play with an MVP? You led the league, you led the NBA in assists and your teammate led the league in points. And then you now want to just like leave like what? Yeah, unexcusable behavior. Yeah, um, <laughs> James Harden man. played with his best friend. Uh, that didn't work out. Played with one of the best players of his generation, one of the few players in the league that he could call better than himself. Right. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Played with another one of the best players of his generation. Right. That didn't MVP. work out. Um, what's the What's the situation that he can win in? Like, I, I really want to know. Like, what's the situation? Yeah, what does he want? Like, if I was Philly, like, I'm not I'm not trading him unless I can get, like, a star back. Because, like, or expiring contracts. If I'm Philly, the play that I'm doing is the uh, signing a max contract to somebody next summer. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tobias Harris is off the books next summer. Right. And James Harden's off the books next summer. So they'll have, uh, I think it's two full max slots, but I would sign one max player and then use the rest of that cap space mm, for whatever exactly. you want to use it for. Um, like, so unless you can get expirings and some picks, like something useful, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know what, I don't want to trade him for pennies on the dollar. Also, like, man, poor PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, like, really rides for hard and, like, loves him. Like, one of the few players in the league that, like, loves James Harden and is, like, so close to him, like goes and follows him, like comes, leaves a championship team. Uh, th- I think he went to Miami actually right after that. But then, then he comes over cause he wants to play with Harden. And then once again, he plays with Harden and has to then see him request a trade off the team that he's on. Yeah. Poor PJ, poor Daryl Morey. Yeah. Mo- there is nobody on planet earth outside of James Harden and James Harden's family members that is higher on James Harden than Daryl Morey. Yeah. That guy rides, rides for James Harden. And True. James Harden twice has been like, you know what, Daryl? Doing a pretty shit job as, right. as GM. Get me the fuck out of here, buddy. I don't give a fuck about your team. Get me out of here. Uh, yeah. Well, in the Houston one, did Harden leave before Morey left? Uh, 
don't Either know. way, I, I, might, get, I might be I get playing some sense. bad. I might be playing some, uh, in this situation at the very least. Like, yeah, exactly. Daryl Morey freaking loves Harden. Right. He's loved Harden since before 2012. Before exactly. he even like trade for him, or he was like, "This is my guy. Yeah, like, I want this guy on my team. I'm gonna make you a superstar. I'm gonna build an offense around you, and the and team's did. gonna be fucking amazing. And you know it what? Was. There were some great Houston teams with Harden because of mm-hmm. that. Those guys worked great together. And mm-hmm. then... Um, they pushed arguably the greatest team ever to... to uh, seven games. Like, harder than anyone could. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know with Harden. We'll talk about... I guess I guess we'll move on to Dame We'll Lillard. talk about it when the trade happens. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about when the trade happens. We'll, we'll move on to Dame Lillard. Um... Running from Running the grind, from am the I grind. right? <laughs> fucking, all these people want to switch up teams. Um, <laughs> no loyalty in this league. <laughs> yeah, that shit's really corny now in retrospect, but I do yeah. think it's the right move for his career. <laughs> uh, it is. It does make sense. Uh, it's so whack now, the Jeremy Grant contract. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so crazy. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't even know. I get, the one the one nice thing about the Jeremy Grant contract is like sounds like Portland still wants to be good because they said that they wanted to trade Dame for another star player. The oh, GM really? came out and said they wanted a star return. So like I guess like that's nice. Could be James Harden. Right, Maxi would have to be in that. Yeah, probably picks from Philly. If uh, they even have any. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, the NBA is a freaking circus. But uh, yeah, D- Dame Lillard. Wants out, and uh, I think it's a long time coming. Yeah, I agree. So, like, as far as, like, um, the, like, uh, there's no loyalty and stuff like that. If your organization fails you, then who are you loyal to then at that point? Are you loyal to somebody who has been failing you? Or are you loyal to these ping pong balls that said that this team gets this pick and then they picked you? He, he overstayed his welcome. He's probably the greatest Blazer of all time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a long time coming. Uh, he should have, he should have done this a few years ago. I do think it was because he, like, stood so much for this loyalty. And, like, I was honestly, like, I was never really thinking about him in trade rumors, even though he's always in them and stuff like that. I wasn't, like, thinking, like, oh, when this, when, uh, Kyrie requests a trade, like, oh, maybe they could get Dame. Like, cause I was like, he wants to stay in Portland. And so it is, like you said, really corny that now he does the thing that he criticized all these people for doing, but it is the right move. It's the move I would have made, but I would have made it earlier. And you know what? You know what? Honestly, I'm doubling down on this. Fuck you, Damian Lillard, because you call out all these players for running from the grind and going to these other teams. And not only, not only are you like, man, you know what? Like, I'm going to... Like, I want to leave Portland, which is fine. They failed you. Well, it's not really fine because, like, you know what? Like, you can't really call out these people. You're a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah. But, like, whatever. You're like, my number one choice is the Miami Heat. Is the fucking Miami Heat. You know, (laughs) you know who decided, hey, this team just lost in the finals. I'm better than any (laughs) player on this team. I'm going to go join them. Kevin Durant. And you know how much Kevin Durant got freaking raked? 
over the cold still spot does. to this day. He, he has still, no rings, he, right? That's like, what everyone he says. He has no rings, even though he <laughs> outplayed LeBron in two straight final series. Right. And, like it's the snake, Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's yeah. freaking Kevin Durant. Like no, no real like more tweets than here. points. Yeah, <laughs> like and then and then like Damian Lillard is like, hey, let me go to this team that. I remind you, we were just watching more recently than any other team in the league, yeah. other than Denver, was just in and the only because they had the parade. Couple days ago, a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, um, and and he's like, "That's the team. I, that's my number one pick." Yeah, that's uh, and everyone and everyone instead of being like the Kevin Durant, where it's like, "Oh, you know, like what the heck?" He's uh, you know, He's taking the easy way out. It's like, oh, that's a perfect heat culture pick. <laughs> they're freaking like, they're dick in one hand, so their hand on the fucking trade machine. <laughs> fucking like Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, fucking like Jaime Jacques. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. If I'm Portland, like, I'm giving him to whoever gives me the biggest exactly. fucking deal. Because, uh, like, at the end of the day, like, it's, mm, like if a player asks actually, out, you trade him fucking for, to any city. He wants yeah. out. He wants out. Like he doesn't have no trade. Even though, goals. even if it's a player that's gonna, you're gonna retire their jersey and is probably the greatest player to ever play for your organization, and who like leads their organization in jersey sales and like all the kids around. And he just did so much for you. You still, you wouldn't at all. <laughs> Would you take back the Demar Derozan trade if you could? Because that sounds a lot like DeMar DeRozan. The greatest <laughs> Raptor of all time, up to that point. The guy who decided to stay there and be loyal. True. Say he wanted to play the rest of his career there. The guy who kept on re-signing contracts. And selling jerseys. Selling jerseys. tickets. Super exciting. About the same amount of playoff success as Damian Lillard, if we're being honest. One conference finals appearance and a couple like really good teams that kind of got smacked around by the better team in the playoffs. And like, like it's a tough league, Dame. Yeah. It's a tough league, Dame. True. Yeah, you're right. Also, especially with, like, the player empowerment, like, players are just, they understand it's a business just as much as anyone now. So, um, I, yeah, if I was Portland, I would want the best thing I can get. This is the most important decision you've made as a franchise, like, as long as I've seen them. Right. Like, what, what, the return you get back from this dictates what your team's going to be over the next however yes. many years because like it's not like bradley beal or like bradley beal's coming off a couple injured seasons where he wasn't really efficient was putting up 23 games right dame was fucking awesome last, last year, year. Yeah. he was so good he was one of the best guards in the league i mean like yes it, like if he had a semi, shut him down. If, if he had a semi-competent team around him he would have been like fourth or fifth for mvp voting right. that's the and kind of year that he was having yeah and like i think they can get a lot for him and I don't think Miami's the team. As, mu- as much as that's fun right. and that creates the most instant contender, mm-hmm. uh, I just don't think that's uh, I don't think that's where you send them. I, well, see, if I was the GM of Portland, Pascal Siakam, <laughs> we have all of our draft picks. I'm pretty sure they some young players specifically said that they uh, they don't want Pascal. But that was also before when we were trying to pair him with like we were wanted like Simons and stuff. Um, but I remember them saying they weren't interested. But what, you want Dame on our team? No, I'm, I'm honestly joking. <laughs> okay. I, I would, because it would be jokes to have Dame on our team. Our team's going to be mid this year anyway. It'd be kind of jokes to just fucking throw some shit to get Dame. But uh, like, like at the end of the day, I don't. As fun as it would be to watch mm-hmm. him play for the Raptors. Well, that's my that's my two cents on mm-hmm. the Dame situation. I, uh, I'm i in pretty much agreeance with you. It's, such a, it's a bad look, but 
it's like uh, it's only bad luck because he made it a bad luck. Yeah, the decision's fine. You can like, do whatever you want. Like, and he can preach loyalty all he wants, like for himself. That's fine. But like when he was like beefing Paul George about like exactly. going to different teams, like grow up, Dame. Yeah, like exactly. actually grow up. Like, mm-hmm. oh wait, I only have Jeremy Grant and mm-hmm. fucking like Anthony Simons on my team. Oh, now it's really tough. But Paul George, <laughs> who was playing with scraps in Indiana, right. asked for his yeah, game, yeah, exactly. Who was playing with rookie Miles Turner and like. <laughs> I couldn't Monte Ellis at the end of his career. He that he wasn't good enough. The <laughs> team won forty two games. Mm-hmm. At least he made the fucking playoffs. Paul George did. Like yep. Anyway, that's that's it for that's, Dame. That's it for Dame. Uh, that's it for me antagonizing Dame. <laughs> I hope that he's successful wherever he goes, and mm-hmm. it'll be fun to see him in important playoff series again. I know that is it. That is the best thing is that we get to see Dame. Hopefully, we will be able to see Dame in May. Yep. Um. We've gone pretty long on this. Yeah, I think it's a good time to end. Yeah, and then um, once we get a better idea of how the rest of free agency pans out, uh, maybe get some summer league looks in for our young Raptors, mm-hmm. get some of that to see. Uh, Team Canada will be announcing their roster within the next couple weeks, uh, which uh, Nick Nurse is out as the coach for that. But we'll, we can talk about Team Canada mm-hmm. once we get closer to the World Cup. Because I am pretty excited for it, depending on which players decide to come. Yep. Uh, looking at you, Shea, and uh, Jamal Murray, and mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, and RJ Barrett. Uh, yeah, we li- may literally have the best backcourt in that tournament. Yeah, could be very exciting, but we'll see. We'll see how that roster turns out. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we'll be back sooner than we were from the last one mm-hmm. if we think of something fun maybe we'll record some random ass episode. yeah let's get some games going we got some fun True. stuff going on you know like we can just do some bit episodes you know makes the makes the off season a little more lively yep we're about to get to a really boring part of the basketball season thank god the world cup is this summer the, mm-hmm. like the off season where there's no olympics or world cup like there's just such little reporting I, to I, do I, with like basketball yeah. that it's like like at least at least there's gonna we'll be some fun hobby. like drama and stuff like that. Like we'll watch Team USA a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll get really. Into I like Team USA. I love All Star Game Team USA type basketball. Yeah, it's all young players. Like they got like Paolo and like. Actually, Team USA doesn't seem like good. I saw Josh Hart was. On yeah, the team. he was the last the last guy on that team. Uh, I'm missing. They used to have. Uh, who was the last guy on their last team? It was like Javale or like Plumley or something like that. It's Plum God. Yeah, Plum God's <laughs> definitely played for Team USA. Raptors, go out there, go out there and get Plum God. Is Plum God signed to a team? I don't think he has. I don't know. Actually, like dead ass, that'd be so fun. Yeah, I would <laughs> love Plum. If we get Plum God, it's a successful <laughs> off season. If we get Plum God, dead ass. We're recording a podcast that night, and I'm gonna be <laughs> wasted. I'm gonna be lights out, drunk from celebrating the Plum God signing. <laughs> Straight up, we're getting, buying that jersey that day. Getting Plum God is a biz- bigger success than getting Kawhi Leonard. I'm calling it right now. 